Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you doing? How are you doing? You know who this is. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is episode number 216216. How are you doing? Ah, ha, ha. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you guys very, very much. Uh, apparently, you weird bastards get a kick out of those little stupid 30-second videos that I was doing. And I shouldn't even try to tease you about liking the 30 second videos that I'm doing, because quite frankly, the moment I hit the stop button, I also laugh at the stupid videos that I did, which is kind of embarrassing laughing at your own crap. But uh, I enjoy doing them. I'm glad you enjoy doing them and I'm going to keep doing them. And full disclosure, <laughs> even if you didn't like them, I was going to keep doing them anyway, because I do what I want. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, no seriousness thank you very much I, I appreciate the kind words and the email and all that kind of stuff about digging the videos and and uh, to all the new people that are listening to the podcast and the, the different countries that are listening um, I don't have the list in front of me of the, of the different people and different, obviously not the people but the different countries that are listening thank you very much for becoming SAS Potters and to my longtime SAS Potters thank you very very much for listening for all this time and telling your friends I really really appreciate it much love to you all now, let me ask you this, my friends. How many of you out there are actually dog lovers? You know, I'm a dog lover myself. I really am. I don't have a dog, and I haven't had a dog since I was a kid. And so it's really weird. I mean, because of my of my of what I do for a living and when I go back out on the road again with the new show I'm, I'm writing, obviously I can't have a dog then because I'm not married. I don't have kids. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but leaving your dog in the house alone for two weeks is really not a good idea, mainly because when you come back, your house will stink because, you know, there'd be a dead dog in there. Well, you could put your dog in the kennel. I'm not doing that. I would rather just wait until I actually have a family and then, you know, I could leave the dog in its own house, my house, and not have to deal with that crap. But I do, I am doing the research, man. I'm telling you right now, I'm doing the research to try to figure out what kind of dog would be best. And I got into this thing where I was looking up the, the, the breeds and looking up this, that, and the other. And I started running across videos on YouTube. And it literally was, I forgot what it was called, but it, were, uh, it was literally a five or five to seven minute video on every type of dog you could think about. So I sat there and I'm watching all these videos of dogs and they really got into detail. You know, this dog is ways uh and this dog does this and this dog and, and if you have this and this dog will do this and and then I mentioned that this dog does this that and, and the health concerns for this dog and, and this dog is particularly healthy and this dog and they were going through all of this stuff and I appreciated that because it, it, it saved me a lot of trouble and it gave me a lot of good information about what dog I would get when I get the hell out of where I am and get a house or something so that's kind of cool to get all that kind of information but they kind of did in those videos the same thing they do in those commercials you see for medicines. You know, they rattle off all the good stuff that's good about the medicine. And then they kind of just throw in, just kind of very quietly throw in some stuff that, you know, they should start with. This medicine will cure this, 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 and it will stop this, this, and this. And if you feel like this, this medicine will also cure that, and it'll give you, the, it'll make you feel like this, 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 and this. And if everything goes wrong, you can take this pill, and it will solve all those problems. And the blah 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 blah. And if you're having problems in your marriage, the same pill will stop all the arguments, and everything's great. And if your car is not working, take one of those pills and throw it in the gas tank, and the car will actually turn into a Porsche. That's right. And if it's a Porsche, throw it in the gas tank anyway, and it'll become a turbo Porsche. That's right. Right. In fact, look at the current political discourse. Take this pill and throw it into the middle of that, and all the candidates will start telling the truth and acting like adults. Rub it across cable news, and they'll stop being a bunch of misinformed, willfully ignorant jackasses telling you a bunch of horse crap that they don't even believe themselves. Throw this pool, throw this, t this pill into your bathwater. You won't need soap. It'll wash your crusty butt, and you'll be completely clean. No need to rub those calluses off your feet. All you gotta do is crush this pill up in some water and pour it on the feet and you'll have the feet of an 18-year-old. That's how good this pill is. The best pill in the world. It'll also kill your ass if you're, if you're allergic to it. And this pill is the greatest thing in the world and I'm telling you right now, your eyeballs will explode because this pill is the, this pill is an incredible pill. Your balls will fall off. And it, the pill is the greatest thing in the world 
your vagina will disappear from where it is and it will reappear on the back of your head and this pill will solve all problems and this pill this pill will actually crawl out of your mouth choke your kids to death crawl back into your mouth and then act like it didn't know when anything happened and i'm telling you this pill <laughs> right and the funny thing about it is that they did exactly the same thing with this dog. I forgot which one it is. I'm not even going to say which breed of dog it is because I, and I don't want to be spreading the information like that. I mean, look it up, pit bulls. And because um, <laughs> I was looking up pit bulls and everybody talks bad about pit bulls. And then you find out that pit bulls are actually a great family dog and all of that kind of crap. And then the same thing with Rottweilers. I mean, they're big dogs and they got the jaws and the most powerful jaws and the incredible jaws and all of that. And and another dog, I forgot what the other dog was, but it was a big dog breed. And these three dog breeds, they just sat there and talked about how great the dogs were. And pit bulls are just the greatest. And so are Rottweilers. And Rottweilers and pit bulls are the most. If they're very protective of families. They're good with the families. If you treat them, you have to keep, you have to stay on top of them and make sure that they're trained properly. But if they're trained properly, they're fantastic dogs. They're amazing dogs. I mean, they'll protect the family to the death, but they're not great dogs and nothing bad has ever happened with the, with these dogs and everything is great. They're great with kids. Don't leave your kids alone with them. They must not be unsupervised with children. But are they, but they, 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 huh? what, what was that? I didn't say anything. You said something about the dogs and, and that uh, they should not be left unsupervised with children. I, I really don't remember saying that. <laughs> You know, I'm recording this. I can actually go back and and rewind, re- rewind the recording. And they will. I did not know you were recording. So, so what you're saying is that they're great dogs, but even as great as they are, even you know, they're they're better than their reputation. You're saying that the pit bulls and the Rottweilers are actually wonderful dogs. I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. And you're saying that that they're not, you know, they're not as bad as their reputation. They're not as bad as their reputation at all. They're great family dogs and they, they, they're wonderful. You know, you bring them in the brand of family, they'll play with everybody and it's just great. Don't leave them unsupervised with children. Huh? What? I didn't, what are you talking about? I didn't say anything. And I noticed that when I rewound the tape, the tape, <laughs> good Lord, when I rewound the video, <laughs> video, when, okay, I'm just going to stick with video. You know what I meant. Shut up. So I'm going to rewound the video a little bit on YouTube and they but and they try to they just kinda of ease it in. I don't leave on supervised with children. What was that? Nothing. And I thought about it and it's like, you know, the other the dog breed that came up after pit bulls and rottweilers was beagles. And all they kept saying was how beagles are healthy dogs. Great dogs. Great with family. And the bad stuff they said about beagles were you know, make sure you keep them fenced in because of their super sensitive nose. If they find a scent that they love, they will run after it. So the bad thing about beagles is don't let them out of the yard because they might get hit by cars. Okay, what's the other bad thing about beagles? Well, they howl a lot. Oh, so a dog barks and howls. Okay. Um, so what's the other bad thing about beagles? Are they, are they uh, very, very healthy? Oh, yeah, they're pretty much uh, all most diseases have been pretty much bred out of the dogs. Uh-huh. So it's a small dog that's great with kids, doesn't bite people or anything like that. And the only real major problem is don't let them run out of the gates and that they bark a lot. Think I'm going to go with Beagle. Right? They didn't say anything about don't let the beagles alone with children. Nobody said that crap. But with the other dogs, they said that crap. And why are you trying to sell me a dog where I got to have, I got to keep the dog. I got to can't let the dog be unsupervised with the kid. I don't want to sit there staring at my kid all day long. I mean, if I had kids, I'd love to be with them. <laughs> okay, no, I would not all the time. So if the dog's in the house, I got to sit there staring at the dog with the kid. You know, it's almost like the dog is holding the kid hostage if you got to sit there looking at the damn dog if he's with your kid. You ever see those movies where the guy, like everybody else in the house thinks that the person is safe, but you know that the guy is really hanging out with you because he's warning you because you owe him money. And he's saying, listen, he's looking at you and you're looking at him and their family. Hi, Mr. Johnson. It's great to have you. Oh, hello, Mrs. Smith. It's great to be here. Hey, how are your two kids, Becky and Jim? Oh, you know about the kids? Oh, I know all about the kids. Don't I, Ron? Yeah, you do. <laughs> Ron, why are you crying? No reason. I just stubbed my toe. <laughs> it's definitely not because he's letting me know that he knows where I live and the names of my children. And that if I don't pay him back the money, he's going to kill all of you. But it has nothing to do with that. I just happened to stub my toe. Yeah, that's right. 
And he's sitting on the couch with the kid looking at you like, look at what you'd lose if I don't get my $400,000 back, you bastard. And then he walks out. Nice to see you guys. Be seeing you again. You bastard. Give me my money, punk. But that's the feeling you got to have with your dog if you got to sit there and freaking look at the damn dog because you can't leave the damn dog alone with your damn kids. You can't even go to the bathroom because if you go to the bathroom and the dog's in the house, the dog's unsupervised with the kids. What about you have to go to the bathroom and you don't have to do a number one? What about you have to do a number two? And not a regular number two, the kind of number two that keeps you in the bathroom for the amount of time that lets people know not to go into the bathroom after you. That kind of number two. You don't want to take the dog outside. It's not going to help because as soon as you go to the bathroom, the kid's going to go outside to play with the dog. So they're never going to be apart. But there's a part of you that's going to think, ah, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen at all. This dog has never even snapped at one of us or one of the kids. I don't care what that dog expert said about the dogs. I'm going to the bathroom and nothing's going to happen. And you're in the bathroom and you hear your five kids laughing and joking. Ah, ha, ha. And you notice one of them is kind of quiet, which is kind of weird because the one that's kind of quiet is the one that's usually the loudest. You finish your number two when you come downstairs and you see four children on the couch. But where's the fifth child? And why are the other four children so quiet? And why are they looking at the dog with horror? And why is the dog wiping its mouth and having a refreshing drink? You know, the kind of drink you have right after you eat something. What the hell is going on? And why is the dog burping? And why when the dog burped did your daughter's shoe fly out of its mouth? Wait a second. And you look at the dog. Did you eat my fifth child? And the dog goes, hey, <laughs> didn't you watch that YouTube video that said not to leave me unsupervised? Huh? Huh? You ate my kid. Hey, hey, in that same video, human, if you remember correctly, it said to give me three scoops of food twice a day. And you make a lot of money. And yet you gave me 1.5 scoops and twice a day trying to starve me. What did you exactly did you think was going to happen? Huh? What did you think was going to happen? You think I was not going to eat one of your children? <laughs> and you got four kids left. You better come off the food, bastard, or you're going to have less children. I knew I should not have left you unsupervised with my kids. That's what the video said, bastard. Okay, that's weird. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? But I'm looking at beagles, man. I'm looking at beagles because, like I said, when you look at when you, when they talked about the things about beagles, the only thing bad they said about beagles were they're energetic. I mean, well, well, energetic isn't really a bad thing. That's pretty much most dogs. But like I said, they just said don't let them run out in the street and get run over by stuff because they follow a scent. So if you have a fence that they can't dig underneath, and you live where your house is not too close to your neighbors. The beagle's really not that big of a deal or a big of a pain in the ass because it can't get out because you, you're smart enough to have a good fence. And if the dog howls and you're, and you're far enough away from your neighbors, who gives a crap? So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking beagle. I'm thinking that's the dog I'm going to get. And I'm not just going to get one. Because I don't believe in that one dog crap. What the hell is with people that can afford more than one dog and get one dog? That's kind of uncool, don't you think? You take an animal that's used to being around other animals. You Maybe you bought that animal at a place where there was a bunch of dogs it was playing with. And then you grab the dog and the dog's happy. And then you take the dog back to nothing but a house full of humans. And the dog doesn't see other dogs unless it sees a dog on television. Or if it's looking out the window and sees a dog going by, it never sees other dogs. Maybe it sees other dogs at the dog park. How would you like it if somebody plucked you from your family and took you someplace and you couldn't see another human being? Wouldn't that kind of suck? right we're a small animal on a small planet on a small in a small solar system in a small galaxy in a small cluster of galaxies and it's such a minuscule place when you think in terms of the observable universe i mean we're small insignificant and when you think about the infinite number of planets and places I don't want to say it this way, but come on. If you don't think there's some other living things and even just the observable universe, you're a dumbass. There's something there, damn it. 
if it is infinite possibilities, one of the infinite possibilities could be, should be, and probably is that there are other living things. And what if those living things are super intelligent? What if those living things are so intelligent that they're way more intelligent than we are, inconceivably more intelligent than we are, right? I mean, think about it. When you're in a room full of experts on a specific subject, say you're walking into a room full of doctors or lawyers or people that do carpentry, anything where they're so far advanced in that specific thing, you can't even compete with them and you just defer to their knowledge. Well, that's just another human being. Right. It's just another human being. Right. Well, what if there's another being that's so far advanced to us? It comes to this planet and we just automatically know we can't compete with this being. There's no reason to fight. We can't argue. It's 65,000 steps ahead of us at all times. We must just acquiesce to their will. Right. Like I said, you acquiesce to the will of another human being that's just a little bit smarter than you in a specific subject. You go to your doctor's office and your doctor says you have pneumonia. Well, know what you do. You go, guess I have pneumonia because the doctor said it. You just defer to the doctor's knowledge and you should because they're a doctor and your punk ass isn't. So what do you do? You take the medicine exactly the way they say to take the medicine. And if you do, you get cured. You don't go, listen, doc, I know you got all these degrees and all of this crap and you thought of us the best doctor and the best quadruple doctor and quintuple doctor and all of that crap. And I don't care what every bit of science that has been perfected over hundreds of years tells you. And also your decades of service as a doctor tells you and the fact that you've cured about five to seven hundred people of pneumonia over your career. I don't care. I still say it's a paper cut. What? You think the pneumonia you have is a paper cut? That's right. I decided I changed my mind and I think I know better than you. Yeah, it's a paper cut. Shut up, doctor. But I have this this medicine here. You need to take this. You know, your your lungs are going to fill with fluid. and You're going to you're going to die. <laughs> nice try, expert. I'm going to put this bandaid across my chest. I feel better already. You're gonna, you're like a day and a half from getting double pneumonia. Well, in that case, I'll put two, and now I got three band aids. Double pneumonia, that's two. I got three band aids, I win. I'm going home. You can take that medicine crap and give it to one of them suckers who believes in this medicine. I don't even know why I came in. You don't even know what you're talking about. <coughs> Look, I feel better already. Oh, God. Sir, I'm, I'm really, you really need to take this medicine. I ain't taking crap, doctor. I don't care if you know stuff. Now, does that sound stupid? Of course it does. You would defer to that doctor's knowledge. Back to what I was saying. What if that being came to this planet, saw human beings and loved us, even though it's a vastly superior species and being, loved us the way we loved our dogs? Right. We hug our dogs. We kiss our dogs. We rub our dog's belly. We make sure it has the best food. We make sure it has the best housing. We make sure that it goes to the doctor all the time. We take it out to exercise. What if another species looks at us the same way we look at, look at dogs? It think this species is weird looking to us, but acceptable. But it thinks we're the most adorable little things in the world. It thinks we're cute and well, not in, in cuddly. It thinks it's cute that we need to use computers to do things when it has uh, it, its brain is advanced to the point where it has the equivalent of a mega internet in, it, in its own brain it doesn't need to look and use computers or anything like that it can fly it has superpowers when compared to us we can't even compete with this being we have to defer to this being's knowledge because it's superior and it decides it wants to take us home and take care of us because it loves humies that's what it calls humans humies we're not humans we're humies the saying like we have doggies they're not canines they're doggies we're humies i want a humie hey there's a humie right there let's go to the humie center and i'll take a humie home i love what kind of species of humie do you like i like the uh, i like this one right here the american humie the american humie's the cutest humie right well i really like african humies and that's your problem i want an american humie well i'm gonna take an african humie hey your african humie is cute i have an american humie we'll even let our humies play at the humie park okay but right now i'm gonna take home my humie and read my humie book so i can take care of my humie and they take you and they take you away from your family and you don't ever get to see another humie <laughs> human again 
unless you see when you're looking out the window, you see another human hanging its head out of the window when one of these superior beings is flying past in a supersonic hovercraft where the human's tongue is wagging and it's going faster, faster, faster as it's strapped to the chair. You watch the super species news and there's a bunch of people from the super species. Well, it's not a lot of people. They get arrested because they leave their humans in their supersonic space vehicles with the windows rolled up and they have to go to super species jail because they were bad to their humi. The Humi Society protests outside of their businesses. You didn't take care of your Humi. Watch out for Humis. Watch out for Humis. And you never see another Humi again. You know, maybe some people bring in two Humi, so at least you have a Humi to talk with. But most people only have one Humi, and the family loves the Humi. The family loves the Humi. The little kids of the super species like to play with the Humi and throw a, and, you know, throw a ball, and you got to go, I got to run and get the ball, really? All right, they're the ones with the food. And you run and you get the ball for them and all of that kind of crap. You have a Hubie house outside of the super species house and you get to sleep in that. But you got to protect the yard. If somebody tries to get into the backyard, you're the Hubie. You have to run out there and go, hey, 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 hey. Get your punk ass out of the yard. I'm, this, is my, this is my super species owner's house. Get out the yard. You wouldn't like that, would you? No. You'd want to have another human to talk to, another human to hang out with, wouldn't you? Well, don't you think your dog wants another dog to hang out with? That's why when I so when I get dogs, I'm going to get two dogs because I want my dogs to have a good old fashioned time. But then again, if you really think about it, if you were the pet Humi for a super species, you wouldn't have to work anymore. All you'd have to do is look cute and play with them for maybe an hour a day before they ignored the crap out of you. And dogs don't have cable, but as a Humi, the species, there's the pet of the super species, I'm sure they'd let you have cable in your, in your Humi house out back. And if you're like me, you'd be a superior Humi. And they'd bring in some Humi female. And you'd get to breed with her. Oh, yeah. And you walk over, you sniff each other's butts and get it on. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be good. Right. The only bad part about it is if you had any babies, you'd only get to keep one of them and they take the other babies and get rid of them. That ain't fun. But also would not be fun with being having the super species spay or neuter you. Screw that crap. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, um, we have dogs as pets. You have us as human beings as pets. We have to spare new to the dogs, but we have a more superior language. It's not as great a language as your super species language. So what we're going to do is instead of doing stuff to my balls and doing stuff to her ovaries, we're just going to do put mouth. Um, we're going to do mouth stuff to each other's lap stuff so you don't have to get to chopping. OK, so it's, it's cool. We ain't you know, relax. Now, I know that's a lot. <laughs> I know that's a far. Uh, that's a, a far out way of going with it, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's why when I get when I get dogs I'm going to get at least two dogs most likely it's just going to be two dogs I'll probably get two beagles but are you a dog lover do you have dogs you know what kind of dogs do you like you know do you, do you know a dog breed that's better than beagle that would be good with kids that would be fun to have around the house that is in good health if you do let me know what it is but I'm going with the beagle for now you bastards yeah that's right you can top the beagles let me know i'd be glad i would love to hear your feedback on what dogs would be better for me than the beagle but right now the beagle is the leader in the clubhouse when i'm gonna get more than one yeah that's right yeah i'm gonna get a big i'm gonna get a dog house in the back and i'm gonna see if my beagle lays on the on the house on the roof of the house like snoopy from the peanut strip and see if it can do that I bet whatever dog you're going to recommend to me instead of the Beagle can't do that crap. How many of your dogs are the stars of iconic comic strips? None of them. That's right. So if you got a better dog than a Beagle for me, you let me know what it is. Either you tweet it at me or you email the crap to me. I want to hear what you what I want to hear what you got, you bastards. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you. And as far as this segment is concerned, I only got one thing to say. Ha ha. Segment over. All right, everybody. You know what I want to talk to you about right now? I like to, I like to I like to talk about people that are reliable. 
You know, there are certain people that you have around you that are reliable, you know, and it's great to have reliable people around you. I like to pride myself on my reliability when it comes to my friends. I mean, it's a good thing in many cases because my friends, you know, trust me with, I mean, to a fault, sometimes a little bit too much. And I wind up hearing stories or being relied on to do things that I don't want to do. But I think it's it's better that way than the other way. But then also you have a secondary list of friends and acquaintances that are reliable up to a point. They have limits on their reliability. And it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means you have to do a little research to find out whether or not this is a human being, this is a person, this is a friend, this is a family member that you can rely on to do certain things. And I talked about a little bit. I, I touched on this on an earlier podcast. I don't remember what episode it was. And uh, I ain't going back to research it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is there's certain people. Do, I know people for a fact, friends and family. That when it comes to emergency situations, it would never cross my mind not to rely on them. Just like there are family members that right now, it, when it comes, I mean, I'm telling you right now, there are emergency situations that come up in my family and among my friends. And I know for a fact, I'm the first person they called. They knew I would be there. They knew I could either help them solve the problem or I'd be a, 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 able to assist them in solving the problem. They come to me. I know I'm the first person they call without question. Not a problem. I'm reliable. But I know there are things that I can't do and I'm not going to lie and say that I can do them. Now, I've already told you that I'm rehabbing my back and my back is not quite 100 percent, but I'm getting there. I'm getting back in shape in the back area because I injured my back. I'm getting back to normal, but I'm not at the point now where I can can work out and stuff, but I can't lift crap like I used to lift crap. Not until I'm back in shape. A friend of mine needed something lifted and it was very, very heavy. Lift it up into the house, go, go across the house and back down the steps into his basement. And he called me and I said, that ain't happening. I can't help you. Let me give you a couple of phone numbers. And I had them, a couple of other friends that we mutual friends. And then they helped him. Now, if I had gone over there and I tried to lift that crap up, most likely I'd have been able to get it up the steps. Most likely I'd have been able to get it across the room. And most likely I would have been able to get it to the top of the steps of their basement. And then it would have been a different story. It would have been underneath the thing. And I would have been like, yeah, I can lower it. (laughs) And then my back would have said, listen, jackass. I allowed you to take that crap up the steps with them. I allowed you to get it across the house and I allowed you to get it to the top of the steps. But this is asking too much. Why don't you wave goodbye to your friends? Because in about 15 seconds, I'm going to give out and you're going to drop this gigantic water pump, water heater, house heater right on top of these jackasses. And um, you shouldn't have done it. I'm reliable. But I know I'm reliable up to a point when it comes to my back. There's certain things right now that I can't do. And I'm not going to lie and say I can do them and then drop heavy objects on and crush and kill my friends. Not going to do it. But there are people that I know who will not just not admit it. When I lived in California, there was a couple of guys that were around me that were handymen. And they were very good at one thing, but somehow they just thought they were good at something else and they weren't good at that other thing. One guy was fantastic when it came to plumbing. I mean, this guy was Superman when it came to plumbing. He could walk in and MacGyver crap out of crap that was stuff that you didn't realize that crap could do the crap that he did with that crap. Oh, your entire house is flooding. All I need right now is well, I need a thumbtack and the and the right the right front leg of a beetle. What? That's all I need. And then you walk out of the house, you come back in the house and everything's fixed. And he goes, you know what? I don't even really need my tools. Uh-huh. All I needed was the beetle leg and that thumbtack. And also that you needed, excuse me, I believe oop, there's a plumbing in your kitchen. It was fixed. And I noticed the plumbing in your bathroom is having a problem. All I need right now is a piece of gum that's been chewed for 32 seconds. And I need someone to hand me the top piece of paper off of a used newspaper and it's wait outside for seven seconds it's now fixed <laughs> and that's how good he was with the plumbing but the bastard also thought he could fix cars and guess what <laughs> no he can't 
And they go, I mean, but the, and the thing about it is when someone is super duper mega ultra excellent at certain things, you think they're exe- exactly that good at, at other things, especially if they tell you that they're good at that other thing, that, that other thing. They did that thing and they're good at this thing too, right? Well, you know, I do plumbing, but I also, <laughs> not to brag, I'm good at repairing cars. Really? Yes. Your car's broken? <laughs> All I need is a bottle cap and the shoelace that is found on the street that's all i need and then you go man this car is running perfectly this is great <laughs> and then you drive off on the road and your car bursts into flames and damn near kills you because the bastard doesn't know what he's talking about that guy's reliable up to a point when it comes to fixing your plumbing fantastic when it comes to fixing your car don't let the bastard fix your car reliable up to a point and we all know people that are just that way i remember a guy that was fantastic at fixing cars fantastic could fix a car i know this guy literally could walk out look at your car and say hey hey you broken and the car would go yes i'm broken the guy would go yeah well now you're not punk and the car would go oh shit and fix itself that's how good this bastard was and it was great to watch him bully cars and the repairing themselves that's how much talent the bastard had but he also thought he knew how to fix the electricity in people's houses and let me help you with that <laughs> nope he was one of those guys where if you had a bad electrical problem in your house, he was good enough to make it better. Not good enough to fix it, good enough to make it better. If it was a horrible problem, you you worrying about electrical fires, he could fix your electricity just enough where your house wouldn't burn down because of the electricity. However, if you wanted to have all the lights on in your house at the same time, <laughs> that crap wasn't going to happen. You'd be in your room somewhere trying to read a book and the lights would go out and you'd go, who the hell's in the bathroom? Sorry, man, I'm, I have to go to the bathroom. Well, hurry up in the bathroom. I want to finish reading this book. All right, the, the damn lights are on. I would watch some television, but the, but the damn the whole electricity is out. Well, I'm sorry, I got to use the bath. I got to use the light in the bathroom, man. All right, hurry up. That bastard, okay, my house ain't burning down, but I can't use my lights trying to use your washing machine and somebody walks in and rings the doorbell and because the doorbell uses a minuscule amount of electricity the damn washing machine stops running and you can tell that somebody's on the door because every time somebody's on the door what did i just say the washing machine stops running so you have to pick and choose what things you're going to turn off in your house because the bastard fix your electricity just enough that your house won't burn down but it's not fixed enough because why when someone rings the doorbell or doorbell the damn washing machine goes off yeah that's right and you find out that your electricity was unfortunately linked to the houses on the left and right of you and you can find out when somebody else is using the blender because when somebody uses the blender if you happen to be on the phone at the same time it electrocutes you a little bit the bastard <laughs> But you see that all the time. People that are reliable up to a certain point, but not reliable after that. And that's what I always keep saying to people, man. Don't try to act like you can do crap that you can't do. You know, that's it's, it's, it's just really, really stupid. You make yourself look like a douche. You can't do something, just admit you can't do it. You know, because it takes, because the thing about it is they have to actually ruin a whole bunch of people's stuff before they realize that they're not good at the things that they think they're good at. You know, you know, by the time the person got to me and fixed my fixed my electricity, I said, I said, dude, I can't even turn if I turn on the light in the bathroom, the damn kitchen light goes out. What the hell is that? Oh, I must have mixed up the double wide and the triple and the triple thing with the quadruple. So stop using technical terms, because quite frankly, I don't even know if you really know what the heck you, you. I don't know the technical terms for all of the electricity and all of that crap. And I'm starting to think maybe you don't. No, no, I can fix it. I can fix it. And then he goes in and he fixes it. And you go in and you turn on the light in the bathroom and you run out to the kitchen real quick and the lights on. You're going okay. Maybe he made a slight mistake. I'm not going to. You know, everybody makes mistakes. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I mean, let's be honest 
because the guy didn't charge me that much. And how the hell? I mean, just because he had to come back and fix a simple mistake. I'm not going to be mad at him. I mean, he charged me one tenth of what I would have ch- of uh, what an electrician would have charged me and, and and he is incredible at fixing the car so I can't get mad at him you know what I'm saying and as it turns out now there's it, it's cool it's it's fixed now I can turn on the light in the bathroom and the light in the kitchen is on I think that's good you know what I'm saying you know so I go that's great I turn off the light in the, bath- in the bathroom you know then I go into the kitchen and try to and, and do my thing in the kitchen and try to cook a little something and I'm going this is great now it's you know now I don't want to have to worry about the house burning down and none of that crap and everything's working good life is good this is fantastic and great and awesome <laughs> yeah what the hell is that smell jeez oh, let me go downstairs and see what the hell's going on there and I just Oh, 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 my washer and dryer exploded into an electrical fire. Well, I think I might have to give him another phone call. But this time I'm going to call him not to repair the damage, but to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> you know, we all know people that are reliable up until a certain point. I understand it. But like I said, man, I never, never, never lie to people about what I'm not capable of doing. I don't do it. If I can't do it, I'll say I can't do it. And my friends, don't you even think about doing that, damn it. You should never tell people that you can do some crap and not be able to do the crap. So please don't do that because you never have me saying I can do crap and not be able to do the crap. Okay, that's right. I said it. That's my lesson for the day, damn it. (laughs) Segment over. All right, my friends. I talked to you about reliability and how people should be reliable and all of that kind of stuff. And I brought it up for a specific reason. Are you familiar with a game called Jenga? I believe the game is called Jenga. It's a game where there's a bunch of blocks put into a stack. And as everybody pulls a block out of the stack, the stack gets, the stack of blocks gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And eventually the blocks fall apart. Jenga! And that person loses. Whoever the person that pulls out that last block loses. The loser. Because your block was the one that was the last straw. Your life is Jenga, my friends. I know my life is Jenga. And every time somebody does something stupid to mess up your plans, to make you late, to mess up stuff, they make it bad for you i mean as it turns out they're the ones that did all the things during the course of the day to mess the day up but you're the one who unfortunately is the last one to pull out that block and everything falls apart for you if you're not careful if you're not careful if you're not careful and you know what i'm talking about i'll tell you what i'm talking about See, if you're like me, there's a lot of people that rely on you to do certain things because a reliable guy, they have important things that they want to do or some things that they can't do themselves or certain things that would be difficult for them to do. And they rely on you, Mr. and Mrs. or Mr. or Mrs. Reliable to pull them through. Now, you tell them that you have things that you really need to do, and they always give you the same speech. It'll only take a few minutes, I mean, and you don't have to do your thing until later on, but can't you just be the big, 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 And you figure, all right, you acquiesce, you punk out, and you allow that chump to take a little chunk of your day. And then the other person that took a chunk of your day talks to somebody else, and the other person, unbeknownst to you, now knows well, you're going to be out anyway helping out, blah, blah, blah. So maybe you can help me bloop de bloop on the way back, right? <laughs> it's only going to take a few minutes. It's not a problem, right? <sighs> How do they know I was going to be out? They probably talked to blah, 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 damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there at blah, blah, blah time and blah, blah, blah 30. <sighs> and then that person talks and another person finds out, oh, he's going to be working for blah, blah, blah and bloop de bloop. Well, maybe he can help me because I'm on the way too. And then you wind up having to help another person and another person and another person. And each person doesn't really give a crap about whether you get done what you need to get done for you. All they care about is the fact that they get the crap done that they need to get done for them. Oh, yeah. They don't even take into account the other people that they know you're assisting right after you assist them. The only thing that matters to them is the crap you're going to be doing for them. Oh, that's right. Your life is Jenga, my friend. 
you go to the first person and you tell them you're going to be there at 11 o'clock. They need to be ready at 11 o'clock. I will be in front of your house at 11 o'clock. Just come down the steps at 11 o'clock. Walk out the house at 11 o'clock. Better yet, be on the porch at 11 o'clock. Better yet, be at the curb at 11 o'clock because I'm pressed for time. I want to help you out, but I'm pressed for time. I'd love to help you out, but I am pressed for time. You show up at 1057. Not a big deal. I told them to come out at 11 o'clock. I'm not even going to call them because they know I have important stuff to do for myself. They know I'm assisting other people after I finish assisting them. And they, of course, will bring their punk asses down at 11. Oh, it's 11.05 now. <sighs> Let me call the bastard. I'm downstairs. Oh, what time is it? Oh my God, it's 11.15. I'll be down in a minute. Okay, 11.22. I thought you would come right down. Oh yeah, but I had to finish the phone call and they had to do something else that was stupid and waste more of your time with my ridiculousness. Get in the car. And they don't think it's a big deal. It's only 20 minutes, 22 minutes. What's the big deal? I mean, it's only going to take me a couple of minutes to do the thing I need to do. And they don't think into the fact that you said 11 o'clock because you figured if they weren't idiots and they came downstairs when you said to come down, you know, like a person who appreciates the favor you're doing for them would do you're gonna miss the traffic jam that you know is coming because you would have been far beyond the traffic jam you would have been past the traffic jam you get in your car now you're in the traffic jam and you're looking at them and if your eyes were knives they'd be sliced up like a piece of fish at a freaking restaurant and you're looking at them and you want to, and you're looking, and they're sitting there, doopy 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 doop, not even realizing that you want to kill them. You work your way through this traffic jam that you shouldn't have been in the first place. You get to the place where the bastards get the crap done, and you're sitting there fuming, and you're looking at the clock, and you said, I should be done by 11.45, but this bastard, and they go into the place. And whatever they wanted to do happens so quickly. They get back into the car. You get back in the car. Now you're happy because, hey, I'm actually going to be close to schedule. Oh, my God. I was already I was angry for no reason. As it turns out, everything worked out fine. Yay. <laughs> the jingle block of their activity gets pulled out of your day. Was there structural damage to the day? Sure, you were a little bit later, but you're not as late as you thought you were going to be. A little bit of structural damage to your day, but that Jenga block was pulled out and it didn't topple down. Yeah, and now you're off to the next person. Aha. You pull up to the next person's house and that person waves at you at the window. You're there early. You see them, they're waving, they're going, this is great. The first person was a piece of crap, but this person is great. The person's waving at me out the window. So obviously they're going to come down because now it's 12 o'clock. And then I told them I was going to be there at 1145, but I'm 15 minutes late because of the first jackass. But I thought I was going to be an hour late because of the first jackass, but I'm only 15 minutes late because of the first jackass. And now this jackass is going to come downstairs quickly and it's now 1215. What the hell? Well, I was on the phone with someone. Hmm, so everybody, everybody okay? Anybody sick? Oh, no, I was just talking about stuff that didn't matter. <laughs> and now the eyes are back and you're looking at the person you wanted to, and you rotten mother jumper, you get in the car, you rotten, you bite, you bite a hole through your own lip and you do, and you send them and you take them to the place and the thing takes longer than it's supposed to take because they, they're, they're nolly gagging around and all of that crap and they get back in the car and you want to kill them now, you're way later. That Jenga block gets pulled out and oh, you can see the stack shake a little bit. Oh no. Is the next Jenga block, is the next errand I'm doing for someone who's not taking it, is, is it going to be as bad as the first two errands? Well, this one's a little bit different. You pick, you show up at the person's place. They come downstairs. What took you so long, man? I was running late because of the two other jackasses. Not a problem, ma'am. I just only going to take a little bit of time. You go there. The person gets to the place, gets it done really quickly. You get back, you high five them and drop them off home and you're going, oh, fantastic. This is great. That jingle block eased out and the stack didn't shake at all. Oh, yeah. Then you get to the next person. And something tells you that the first two people were nothing more than real life foreshadowing of what's about to happen with this jackass. And that the person who was the last person that you just helped out was nothing more than an oasis in the idiot friend desert. 
you pull up in front of this person's place and they're standing on the porch. Okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe these the, 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 the first two people were jackasses. The last person was an oasis and an idiot friend desert. But as it turns out, maybe this is the second oasis. Oa- oasis. And <laughs> I think I dated a girl named Oasis. Back to the story. This next person is an oasis. The final oasis in the idiot friend desert. They walk towards the car. And you're like, what's going on, man? You ready? For what? What? What are you talking about? I'm ready for what? You told me you want me to come over and boop de boop and blip. Oh, shit. That's the day? Hold on. I'm about to get a couple of things. And the dumb bastard goes back upstairs. And you're looking at the guy like, you called me two days ago and asked me to do this thing. And you don't even know what day it is, you stupid mother jumping mother. And he's up there for a ridiculous amount of time. And you turn, you park your car, you go, you ring the doorbell. Uh, uh, could you buzz me up, man? Oh, hold on for a minute. You go up the steps. You knock on the door. The dude's wearing a sitting there. And he's got his shoes on, his pants on. You know, you could he got no uh, shirt off. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Well, I had to take a shower and iron my clothes, and I had to, you know, I had to shit shower and shave and just have the big, the big game. You actually look in the opposite direction of your of your wristwatch, you take it off, you stick it in your pocket because you don't want to know what time it is. The bastard gets dressed. He goes in the back, he turns on some music and he's playing music and he, you can hear him moving around there, grooming himself and you go and you should have and he comes out and he looks nice but he's not going to look nice when you stab him and then you get back into your car, he goes to the thing that he's supposed to do and the thing that he's supposed to do takes 75 years and by the time the guy comes back outside, you've already been married and had two kids and your kid's now driving a car because the kid's 30. Did I take long? No, of course not. You know, did you know, you know how dark it is outside? Seeing as how it was light when you went in there, you bastard. Oh man, sorry about that. All right, let's go. Then you drive me back in the house and you can go about do that thing that you wanted to do. And you go back there. You drop the bastard off and you begin to try. You go home fuming and you squeeze your hand, squeeze the damn steering wheel so much the steering wheel looks like it has hand grips in it. And you get back into your house and you realize the thing you wanted to do, you can't do. Why? Because that last person was the jingle block that got pulled out. That knocked down the whole thing. That thing you were supposed to do, too late. That person you were supposed to call, gone. The show you would have watched because you didn't set your DVR because you were so busy trying to rush out and you didn't think your friends were stupid enough to mess up your day because you didn't want to watch that crap recording. You wanted to watch it live. <sighs> Jenga. <laughs> your life is Jenga, my friends. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know damn well you got people that if you involve them in your day, they pull that block out. Like when you play the game Jenga, some people are really meticulous. They ease their blocks out. Ease their block out. They'll even do something inventing, inventive. Pick a block up off the table and slowly tap their block out the other side because they want to cause as little structural integrity damage, damage to the structural integrity of the big house of bricks as possible. But then there's some people that just yank the block. This one right here. And they knock everything over. I say this because I I had a lot of people around me at the time who, when I would try to assist them in their stuff, were really, really sloppy about the way they pulled their Jenga block out. You know, they would all cause structural uh, problems to my life without even thinking about it. And then I started to notice was as I got rid of those bastards, when there were people weren't taking blocks out that shouldn't have been taken out, things worked a little more smoothly. Those blocks weren't taken out at all. In fact, the only one doing anything was me, and I wasn't taking blocks on. I was adding blocks. Oh yeah. And the stack is getting stronger as we speak. Oh yeah. So just look around, man. Look around yourself. 
You know, you know, your life is a is a big stack of blocks that you're building something with, right? You're trying to build something, you know, and if or if it's built, you're trying to make sure that it stays structurally sound. And life isn't perfect. I mean, there's always going to be blocks taken out. You know, you may even have to keep adding blocks every once in a while just to make it a little stronger on a regular basis. But there are going to be blocks taken out. But how many blocks are you going to allow to be taken out? How many people are you going to allow to be yanking blocks out? I mean, your kids are going to yank blocks out. But they're your kids. You expect kids to yank jingle blocks out. But if they yank out blocks, they're not going to knock the house down. Your wife's going to pull out blocks. Your husband's going to pull out blocks, but it's not going to knock the house down. If it's built properly, if it's built powerfully, then those little bit that they take out doesn't matter. They're worth it. But there's going to be people that want to yank out blocks and they're going to want to yank out blocks from the wrong spot. You know, the spot where it does the most damage. So what you got to do? what I've been doing methodically over the course of years is getting rid of those people. <laughs> so there's almost no one around me right now that can pull out a block and have it go. <laughs> but there was a time not too long ago when I had a whole bunch of people pulling on the blocks. Yeah. <laughs> well, screw that crap. The bastards, no more jingle block pulling bastards for me. Damn it. And I hope for you too. So if you see anybody going for your blocks and if they pull out that block, it's going to cause too much damage. Or if they pull out that block, it's going to be a pain in the neck. Take that block out of their hand and crack the bastard across the head with it and then slide that bastard back into your stack. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) Segment over. All right, my friends. One last thing I want to talk to you cats about is, you know, as a comic, as a comedian by trade, You know, you have to be very, very careful who you have as a significant other or, you know, because because some people don't don't realize that you have an ability to to talk to people in a way that normal people can't talk to them. I used to have a girlfriend. I used to always be embarrassed when I would talk to people thinking that I was offending people, not realizing that, you know, I don't know if this is, is a shocker, but I've used language professionally for three decades. So I kind of know how to talk to people. Okay. You know, I can look at a person and tell whether or not this is someone I want to talk to, whether this someone is, is receptive to talking to as part of the job. I can do it from stage. I can look around and I can look at the audience and in the nanosecond, I can see which people, despite the way they're carrying themselves, facial expressions, micro expressions, body language, I can tell who to talk to and who not to talk to. I can do it immediately. And I've been able to do that my entire life. It's easy for me. It's second nature to me. I don't have to think about that crap at all. I know who I can talk to and who not to talk to. Can do it. So I see the lady at the cast register and she's having a horrible day. Obviously, the people before me were complete jerk offs to her. And I come up to her and I tease her about the person that was just before me. And, she, and I know it's going to take her about a half a second to realize I was teasing her. And then she's going to start laughing. How do I know this? 30 years of experience. Thank you. So the girl behind me, my girlfriend standing behind me and I see the girl, the lady's face break. And when I mean break, it goes from a scowl to a smile. She acknowledges what I just did and she's beginning to laugh. And then my girlfriend was, well, he didn't mean to offend you because he just said, and she looks at my girlfriend like, what? And then she looks at me and looks and then looks back at her and then looks back at me and looks at her as if to say, why is she talking? Because the lady and I were having a genuine moment. She was about to laugh and I was about to give some, bring some levity to the situation. As it turns out, she laughed anyway. And my girlfriend was like, well, you know, you don't really know if the person can take it. Or it. I said, yes, I do. I don't know if this shocks you, but I've been a comedian for decades. I know how to make people laugh and I know who to leave alone and who not to leave alone. And I hate that whole prospect of people thinking that they have to explain, you know, have to make excuses for you. I'm not one of those comedians or podcasters that has to be on all the time. I'm on when I'm podcasting or if I'm doing a show. But if we were if I met you in person, we were hanging out, we'd just be two people talking and enjoying each other's company. I wouldn't feel the need to push jokes down your throat. I wouldn't do that. That's not who I am anymore because I'm not a child. Now, I'll be honest with you. There is a little bit of a conceit there. I'll tell you the truth. 
I do get a kick out of breaking people that I know are really, really hard cases. You know, like even then I know when to leave people alone, but there's some people I can look at him and I'm going, yeah, I'm going to do this guy. I'm going to get this guy right here because I know he's hard, a hard case and everyone's afraid of him, but I'm not afraid of him. And I'm going to get this guy. I do it all the time, sometimes just to amuse myself. It happened recently. There was a guy, everybody was, didn't want to talk to the guy. He came over, he was standing next to me. I began talking with him and across the basketball court, cause it was like a, a gym type place. And people saw me talking to the guy and the next they they didn't, I'm telling you, they had never seen him smile before. They'd never seen it. So he's sitting next to me and they hear, oh, God, God, he's laughing his ass off because we're talking and people are looking across and looking at us and they're going, what the hell is that? And he walks away He, he and the guy fucking hugged me. <laughs> like, this is a guy that didn't, he was like, he, he didn't shake anybody's hand, nothing. This freaking guy hugged me. You're a great guy. And he walks out and everyone's looking at me like, what the hell was that? The hell was that? It's something I can do. It's not a big deal. I did it at work one time. It was a guy, I worked in his office and I didn't even really need the job. And when I said I didn't need the job, what I meant was this was, I was, I was, I was doing one job and I was moving to another job. I, and I was, I could have just like literally taken a couple of weeks off. Not that I, I had a truckload of money, but I had enough money, you know, to, to handle the cover bills for about a month at the time. And I knew the next job was coming and I knew I was going to get a bonus for the next job. So it was not a big deal. So I'm in this office and I didn't need the job. So I was definitely wasn't scared of the boss. And he was one of those guys, this ogre guys, you know, he was so over the top with his, you know, carrying around a big bottle of curmudgeon juice that, you know, everybody's like, oh God, he's coming. Oh, hi, oh, hi. I mean, you ever see those really bad cable movies where, you know, they, they have to go over the top with the, with the incidental music and the lighting and the camera angles. They, it's so obvious they're trying to push your character's traits down your throat that it's embarrassing. Like when the guy walks into the office and all of a sudden all the camera angles for, for are from below him because he's, you know, they want to show that he's powerful because you're looking up to him and then he's walking very, very, you know, angrily down the hallway. <sighs> oh, damn it. He's grumbling to himself, right? And you hear him. They always have the really stupid music playing in the back. Dum, 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 dum. Oh, Mr. Johnson's coming home. God, huh, huh. everybody's diving over their desk like they're in a Chuck Norris movie and they're they're the ones that Chuck Norris is looking for so they got to get out of the way or Chuck Norris is going to kick the crap out of them and you're sitting there and they, they're diving over everything and afraid of the bastard and I'm looking at this guy like what are they afraid of this guy for he's not like he's going to kick their ass or something so I'm in the lunchroom and with everybody else and this guy walks in and everybody's like, <laughs> and he comes over to me and looks at me. I don't know why he looked at me, but he's looking at, well, okay, maybe the reason that he was looking at me and paying attention to me in this particular instance was because I was the only one not sitting in their own urine. And he comes and he puts these stack of papers in front of me. Thomas. And I forgot what I said to him. But I said something to him. And he laughed his nuts off. And he'd never seen him laugh before. And he laughed and he's crying. I forgot exactly what I said to him. But it was was pretty funny. Because I was, you know. And they're all looking at him like, what the f... And he goes, he goes, <laughs> after he stops laughing, he goes, okay, whatever. He says, you know what? That was pretty funny. Look, um, just, just, just finish this up for me. All right. And then he walks out <laughs> and they're all looking at me like, the hell did you just do? And I don't even remember what it was, but I, I remember, I remember it being, the guy laughed his ass off because sometimes you, you can, you can fix, you, you, you just have the ability to know what to say to people at the right time. You know, and the reason I even brought, even I'm doing this little little mini segment here is because it. Just, I was just thinking about when I was talking. I was thinking about my an old girlfriend, and how she would always be there, explaining, <laughs> explaining what I said to people as if they didn't know what I said, or as if I'm some kind of dopey kid. You know, and the other reason I'm doing this segment is I know when I, when I go back out in the road, I'm going to meet a lot of you bastards, and I just want to let you know right now. 
I'm not one of those guys that's always going to be on. I'm not that guy. You know, come, you know, if we meet each other, you know, you know, I'm not going to be that. I mean, I'm not going to be one of those guys where it's like, hey, I listen to you. Oh, you listen to the show. Let me tell you something. I'm going to do some card tricks. I'm not that guy. Sorry. I just can't be that guy. You know, so and I just wanted to give you one. Because a lot of times I, I would go to see comics and um, there would there would be famous comics on television, you know, and they they do a family type program, you know, like this is. <laughs> Shut up. And then the person be on stage, F, F-bomb, F-bomb, F-nuclear weapon, F-bomb, F-bomb, F-grenade, F, 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 mother effing, sex, 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 bang, bang, bang. And the people in the audience be going, oh my God, what the hell is this? And they would have a different perception of the person coming in, and then they'd be either disappointed or, or think it was hilarious. And they had people that met me after seeing me or hearing me on somebody else's radio show or something like that, and they literally expected me to sit there firing jokes at them all the time. Well, I'm not that guy. I'm sorry. I'm not that guy. I just, I, I'm, like I said, the only reason I'm doing this segment, I didn't really need to put this segment on. You know, the show was, was I already had the show at the length that I pretty much at the length that I wanted it to be, so I didn't have to add this segment. But I know that there's going to be people that I run, that, I'm, that I meet, and I don't want you to, you know, I don't want you to be disappointed if I'm not always firing jokes off all the time. I'm not that type of person. You know what I mean? You know, it's like that girlfriend always explained. I don't, I, I don't, you know, come on, come on. I just wanted to give you a little primer on, on, on the type of guy I am. Segment over. Okay. I got news for you. <laughs> When I meet these people in person, I'm firing jokes at them every five seconds. That's right. I want all the attention. (laughs) Kidding me? I need attention every second of every day and telling them them this bull crap story about how I'm not. I'm telling jokes every two seconds. Even when they're like, okay, it was nice meeting you, Anthony. I got to go. I'm going to go. You ain't going no place. I'm going to follow them to that car. I'm going to get in the back of that car. I'm going to pull a book out of my pocket of jokes I haven't told anybody yet. And I'm going to not let them drive off until I finish reading every damn joke I wrote. And I write jokes the way Prince wrote songs. I got a whole vault full of that crap. And I'm going to make them listen to it. And if they, well, we really got to go now, Anthony. I just shut up. I'm not even finished telling you these jokes yet. Shut your mouth, punk. I ain't letting them leave. <laughs> you think I'm going to tell them on the podcast? I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to warn them. Damn, they going to listen to these damn jokes. Bastards. <laughs> Suckers going to think I ain't going to be on. I'm always on. You know, when I go to sleep, I tell jokes in my dreams. I, I never stop telling jokes. I don't care. My last girlfriend said, I'm going to have to leave you because you won't stop telling jokes. And as she was packing her stuff, I told her more jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sass pot is thinking I'm not going to tell them jokes. I'll do what I want. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> and it's still recording. I seem to have this problem all the time where, you know, I... I, I I start saying some stuff and then I think I, I got to get this, this button fixed. It stops the, the because I, the, I just recorded the, the stuff that I just said and I did not, <clears throat> I did not want them to hear that. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop the segment now because I think the secret is out. Well, folks, thank you very, very much. This has been episode number 216 of the S. Anthony Says podcast starring yours truly, S. Anthony Thomas. And I want to say one thing to you guys. Um, Pottern family, hashtag Pottern family on uh, on, uh, twi- on uh, Twitter. A lot of good shows on there. No bullshit. A lot of good shows on there. So if you're, you know, if you're listening to me, first of all, you listen to me first, damn it. First, you understand? And then after you finish listening to me, damn it, go to, go to, if you're on Twitter, go to hashtag Potter and family. They really are a lot of really good shows on there. And I think that they, they will be really good, good additions to what you subscribe to after you subscribe to me first, damn it. So I would suggest you do that. And if and the people that are a part of the Potter and family that are listening to this, great shows, guys. And I'm, I'm glad to be part of the Potter and family. Now, moving that aside, let's get back to me, damn it. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm on Twitter in two places at S. Anthony Thomas and at S. Anthony says follow them both my friends because I run both accounts yeah that's right 
I have a verified podcast page on Facebook. It's verified. It is absolutely me. Facebook verified it. And it's, of course, as Anthony says. So go check that out, my friends. And the email to me is the S. Anthony says podcast at gmail.com. Now, I'm now doing lots of little wacky 30 second videos uh, on Twitter and I'm going to start putting them on, on Instagram. I think on Instagram you can get up to a minute now. So uh, if you have any things you want to write to the kid, if you want me to reply to them, I will do so if they're not stupid on, <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. If you have any questions you want answered, I will answer them there, but make sure you email them to me at the S Anthony, uh, the S Anthony says podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so much love to you all. Uh, Please note that I am now on Google Play. You can listen to this podcast on the Google Play Store. I'm on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, of course, iTunes. I've just been added to Mixcloud. So if you want to listen to the show, you can listen to it on Mixcloud as well. I'm everywhere, baby. And if you want to, you know, uh, and of course, the home base of the podcast is santhonysays.podbean.com or if you just want to go to Google and just type in the S. Anthony says podcast and, and do a search, I'm right there, baby. So I want to thank you guys very, very much. All my sass potters, thank you very much. You're the coolest bastards on the planet. And uh, I really, really mean that. There won't be any me pretending that I'm hitting a recording button and then playfully dissing you and then pretending that it's not being said because I do that joke in, a lot of times in the show on purpose, obviously. But this is one of those situations where I'm going to just straight out say, my sass potters are the coolest basses on the planet and there will be no jokes at the end of that because I really appreciate you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for listening to the S. Anthony Says Podcast. My name is S. Anthony Thomas. Thank you for everything and I'm about to end this show and I know my now, my beautiful, wonderful sass potters know exactly how I end the show. I'm going to say it and you're going to need to say it with me because you know that whether you're listening to me in your car, on a lawnmower, on a treadmill or walking down the street, walking your dog with earbuds in your ears, listening to this crap. I say it the same way as I leave on the count of three. I'll say it with me, please. S. Anthony out. Ah.